This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Welcome in to ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitri. We want to just say thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. Remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review because guess what, y'all? We don't hide greatness on this show. So go ahead and leave a five-star review so everybody in their mom and them can find out what's going on right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. We've got a lot of good show, a lot of good stuff on the show for today. But I want to just acknowledge one thing that's different for today. Tanitra is not with us for today. She'll be back. Don't start crying and all that good stuff. But we do have somebody sitting in and filling in, and hopefully he'll be able to fill in those shoes, and I'm sure he will. His name is Andy Bunker. He is the host of 92.9 The Game, Andy and Randy on the Midday Show. Man, I just want to say a quick welcome to my guy, Andy. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Um, Was the goal to get the most opposite person from Tanitra as possible. <laughs> yes, of course. Come on, now we're all about diversity, equity, and inclusion on this show, man. Come on. Now. Who in, else will I go to? <laughs> tune in and expected to see Tanitra, who does an amazing job and is also beautiful. And here I am. <laughs> male. <laughs> White male, Andy Bunker, filling in for a black female, Tanisha Batiste. How about that? Yeah, man. You know, we're going fi- to figure it out, man. We're going to figure it out for today. But I think we got a lot of good stuff. We're going to talk about whether or not Terry Fontenot was starting to see some early returns on that 2022 draft class. And DeAndre Hunter just signed a four-year, $95 million contract. We're going to talk about whether or not he's the missing piece to get the Hawks back to the Eastern Conference Finals. And last but not least, and for the culture, the news about Charles Barkley just makes me happy. But before we do that, we definitely got to talk about the Atlanta Falcons getting a win on, on Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers bunk. And I think that some of the guys that, you know, that, that really started to shine, uh, you know, in this early on in this season, a guy like Talley Ajir, you saw him start to run, run wear those doggone uh, defensive um, players from the 49ers down. In, late in that game, you start to see some of the guys like uh, Arnold Ebiketti. He was shining some. He's starting to get pressure on the quarterback. He had a sack negated by a Lorenzo Carter penalty. But I don't know about you, Bunk, but I think Terry Fontenot, and we, we all talked a lot of junk about getting early returns on this draft class last year, but I think that's starting to change this year as far as some of the young guys who are starting to get some of that early production early on in this season. Yeah, I agree. and I, I think some of the guys from last year, too. Richie Grant looks like a, a guy. Like he looks like right. a, exactly who he was promised to be, ball hawk wise, out there making plays. And, um, I think I, I agree with with the guys that you mentioned as well. Those guys were guys that you could have convinced me, and I think probably felt pretty confident about on draft day. Like, yeah, Arnold Ebikidi, okay, second round draft pick from a big school. You feel pretty good about that. Drake London, you know, all all the athleticism, played basketball, like you liked the frame, all that kind of stuff. The pick that they got crushed for was Troy Anderson. Mm-hmm. Some Montana. You look at some, Who's some this dude? dude from Montana <laughs> when Kobe Dean was available. Right. Kobe Dean can't get on the field. Troy Anderson had 12 tackles on Sunday and looked – I mean, he was everywhere. Him and Rashawn Evans as the linebacking duo. And I know Michael Walker had to be injured in order for him to get the start, but – 
I don't know how you keep that guy off the field off uh, after what he's done, given the chances that he's had. So, yeah, man, like the early returns on this draft class, very impressive. The fun thing is you're starting to see some of the pieces from last year's draft class be a part of it too. And, you know, now you're six weeks into the season, injuries are going to start to happen. They have started to happen. You were dealing with with a handful of injuries now on defense. So that depth is going to be tested as well. And that's where that really is going to come into play. But yeah, I mean, if you're Terry Fontenot, I know it's only six weeks into season two, but you're, uh, you probably take a moment driving home from that stadium on Sunday and think to yourself, all right, we, we maybe know what we're doing here with some of these defensive guys. Cause that was, I mean, that's about as good of a performance. I know everybody, you know, the national folks want to focus on Bosa and some of those guys not being out there for the 49ers. Falcons defense hold that offense to 14 points. I don't care if Joey Bosa's out there. He scored 14 points on offense. So you got to give the Falcons a lot of credit for what they did. No doubt about it. And you're talking about a Kyle Shanahan-led offense, who's a guy who I think is probably one of the – not probably – he, to me, he's the best play caller in the NFL just from a scheme standpoint and just how he try, he attacks defense. And, and you just see it just going back and watching some of the film. Just like, man, this dude is absolutely amazing. And for yeah. the Falcons to be able to counter that and DPs be able to counter that and not only have the game plan to counter it, but have the guys to go out there and execute that game plan. And I think that, you know, another guy they haven't mentioned is Taquan Graham. Taquan Graham is almost the exact opposite of what I saw last year. And just from a, okay, why did they draft this guy? He was down at the Senior Bowl last year, got a chance to get some eyes on him going into the 2021 NFL draft. And I think it's just something that the um, Terry Fontenot saw in him. And I think that you bring him in and you give the coaches the opportunity to develop him. That's the big piece right there that I think that's the difference between the previous regime, right? Like you have some guys, you see some potential in them, you bring them in. They don't necessarily show initially, but once they start working with this coaching staff and they start getting getting into what they the plan that they have for those guys' careers, and then you start to see some of the some of the progression. And I think that Taquan Graham is taking advantage of that, and like you mentioned, Richie Grant has taken advantage of that as well. And it is just absolutely just dope to watch sit there and watch those guys kind of go out there and execute that plan now i think bunk one of the things another thing that i i really like about is that uh, is another point that you brought up is like i wasn't too high on troy anderson coming in right because like you said coming from a small school of course he's a workout warrior you know that's kind of what i looked at him as because you know he running the four four big strong okay yeah let me see what you do when you get out on the field and i think that this is he's part of that plan, almost kind of like the Richie Grant plan, right? When you think about developing and, and spoon feeding him certain things, putting him in situations where he can he can flourish. And I think that the one thing that really just stood stands out to me when you talk about Troy Anderson is that the dude is just so explosive, man. That's why he's been such an asset on special teams, and and you just see it, you just see like okay, I understand why y'all drafted this dude, and for him to be out there being spoon-fed these things and you starting to see those returns already and he hasn't even really he this was his first start in the nfl and like granted like you said michael walker is no slouch either but i think that i think this inside linebacker core is in good shape for the next few years yeah no doubt i mean you always like to see a guy whatever his opportunity is going to be special teams he gets his first start whatever like 
you notice them in a good way. You don't, you know, you can get noticed in bad ways too. But right. he gets out there in the was it the was it the Saints was it week one was it week two maybe where he blocked a punt like right, dude yeah. blocked a punt with his and he didn't just he didn't just get there he blocked the thing with his chest. You said preseason, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was okay. And he just yeah, crossed the line and, and made a play, um, and then we were talking about the we were talking about this all week last week about like okay you're going to start a rookie. Michael Walker's been playing really good, but you're going to have to start a rookie. Kyle Shanahan knows that, and you know what they want to do. They want to run the football. And they want to get the ball to Debo Samuels and their and their tight end George Kittle. That's a that's a long day for a tight for a linebacker. Some days, you right. know, you're right. going to exactly. yeah. make him look bad. And he was out there able to hold his own. Rashawn Evans has looked really good. He looks. You know, you knew that he was kind of a tough physical player, but he's been good at coverage this year too. Like yeah. pass, passes defensed and stuff like that. Like, I don't know, man. It's pretty cool. It's it's really exciting to to be six weeks into a season where the expectations, depending on who you talk to or who you are, you know, not, weren't super high. Now all of a sudden you're three and three. You're right there. Half the NFL's three and three. So you're, you're <laughs> right. right there with, with, with all these teams, and you just look at your own division. Falcons are the only team in the NFC South that are trending up. The Bucs look like a disaster. Tom Brady looks like he regrets coming out of retirement, man. Like, <laughs> he threw it all away for nothing, it looks like, right now. He's Brady on the sidelines. He's yeah, like Brady he's on the sidelines. Yeah. Like, and if it wasn't for a horrible call at the end of the Why? Falcons game, Falcons might be 4-2 and, and the Bucs might be 2-4. And and the Saints are a disaster. Everybody's hurt. Yeah. And the Panthers yeah. already fired their coach. Jacob Eason played for the Panthers on Sunday. Right. In the fourth quarter, like that's how bad things are for the Panthers. So the Falcons are the only team in the division right now that are better should have optimistic fans, and that's I don't know. I mean, I didn't think we'd be saying that six weeks into the season. It's very cool. Yeah, and it's, it's it's super cool to see what Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot's vision has been for this team. And like you said, and he's getting those early returns on the draft class. It's just a lot of good things going on for the Atlanta Falcons as they sit tied at the top of the NFC South with a team that looks like they're falling apart. So, hey, it's, it's all good. Now, now the uh, the Falcons have a very important uh, matchup coming up against the Cincinnati Bengals. So I want you to go to betonline.net to check out what the overrunner is for that game. I'm sitting here looking at it. I have it pulled up here on my computer. It's 47 and a half. So if you're wondering, trying to figure out where you need to go, where you need to bet, go to betonline.net because it's the fastest, easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. I've been trying to rack my brain, trying to figure it out because, you know, if you're you're just struggling a little bit, if you don't want to go read, if you don't like to read sometimes, sometimes I just like to listen to a podcast and trying to figure it out. BetOnline got that for you as well. You know, because it, it continues to be a top online source for all sports wagering information, live in-game in in betting, scores, and podcasts. They got you all covered. If you're not into the NFL, which is, I don't understand why you wouldn't be, or the NBA, they're getting ready to start tonight as well. They got e they got esports, they got combat sports, and even golf. Whenever that gets back popping off, so all of those things, if you want to go to betonline.net, because guess what, guys, you can use your mobile device and learn more about information that's happening in today. Because guess what, guys, BetOnline is where the game starts. It is ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. We have my a very special guest, Andy Bunker, sitting in. He joins us today um, for Tanitra Batiste. She will be back. I know you guys started crying. I know you got all your tears out of the way, but she's not 
she hasn't left us. She'll be back. So I want you to stick around because we are talking about the Atlanta Hawks. DeAndre Hunter signed a four-year, $95 million deal, Bunk. And, and I think that when you think about the Hawks actually waiting to the last, absolute last minute to get this deal done, you know that, hey, there were some reports that, you know, they were kind of far apart as far as what that number would look like. But the, the Atlanta Hawks finally get the deal done. So, you know, does it change any expectations for you as far as for DeAndre Hunter or or does it stay the same? That's a great way to think about it. Um, I mean, even before the contract got announced last night, signed, whatever, DeAndre Hunter felt like the X factor for the season for me because he feels like you know what Trey is going to be at this point. Like Trey, right. he's, he's going to give you a lot and he's going to be very good as long as he's healthy. Indeed. You know what you're getting from Trey. And who knows? He's you know still a very young player, so he can get better. DeJounte Murray, of course, is the big story of the offseason, and everyone's excited to see what he looks like coming in as well. But I think even even with that, there's kind of a, a, a baseline of what you expect from him. DeAndre Hunter, who knows? And and, and the big the big question mark is just is health, of course. It has been right. his entire career so far. So um, even before we knew that he had a four-year contract, his ability to be on the floor and impact what the Hawks did to me was one of the most important parts of this season. Maybe even the biggest, most important part, just because of the unknown. Um, I mean, now you add $95 million to it. I mean, you hate to say that you have more expectations for someone because of the money that's attached to it. But you, you think about now they've, they've signed these guys all together. Like they're going all in on this group. Trey, DeJounte, DeAndre, John Collins, Clint Capella, and, and some of the, you know, some of the guys they have on the bench, that's, that's your salary cap. That, that's, your, that's your money. And if DeJounte plays well, he's going to get a contract extension as well, which is worth more than he's got now. So, you know, you're saying we believe in this core that we can win with them. So, yeah, there's a lot of pressure on all of them to go out there and prove them right. Um, I, when I saw the report, when I saw what the number was, okay, four years, $95 million dollars. If DeAndre Hunter is as good as he's shown in very small glimpses, as good as everyone thinks that he can be if he's healthy, we're going to be looking at this contract in two years thinking about what a great deal it was. Yeah. If DeAndre Hunter gets hurt, this contract could be a disaster. Like, <laughs> to me, this, this contract either is the reason why the Hawks are like legitimate Eastern Conference contenders – for the next couple of years because of how team friendly this contract could be if he's great. Or this could be the reason why Travis Schlenk and Nate McMillan are looking for jobs. If this thing doesn't go well, like this to me, this was an all in type. Of, and again, I understand it's, you know, it's not a max deal or anything like that, but right. Right. Yeah. If you're a guy who you still have that many question marks about a hundred million dollars is uh, you're saying this is the group we're going to try to win with. And I, I agree because I think that, you know, I know for me, it, it doesn't necessarily really change the expectations. Like I can't put expectations on whether or not he gets hurt. Like it's kind of hard for me to do that because like, like you can't control that. You know what I mean? Like, it's, but you can just work out as much as you possibly can and, and make sure you take care of your body and you're doing everything on that end. And then you just let the chips fall where they may. But I know, I know one thing about Deandre Hunter, when I saw him on that court and that dude was a factor, especially in the playoffs when, 
Miami Heat did everything they could to stop um, Trey Young, and and nobody has really really got an t- opportunity to do that. We saw it firsthand. As to and I, and I wholeheartedly believe that that's the reason why they went out and got Dejounte Murray because of yeah. that. So you know what I mean. So those are, those are some of the factors that when you bring Dejounte Murray into the equation, you get another ball handler, and then I just getting the chance to um, check out DeAndre Hunter in the preseason. He looks more comfortable handling the rock, and I think that when you have that. You add that to the equation. You push all like push all the chips to the table, just like you said, and say, "Okay, we're betting on this guy being healthy." That's all. That's all. That's all. All this contract says to me. They're betting on him being healthy and being out on the court. And to be honest with you, all I would like for him maybe like sixty-five games. That's the number for me. If he can play sixty-five games, I'm not even asking for eighty-two. He can play sixty-five games and remain mostly healthy throughout the season. I think that the Hawks will be contenders because. When you think about the makeup of this team, it's just – it's hard for me not to get excited about this team. I've been trying to hold myself down because, you know, as as much as I try to be objective about this team, it's h- kind of hard not to get behind this team and be a fan of it because you just look where they came from, you know, just being at the bottom of the barrel in the Eastern Conference, and then you get a guy like Trey Young. You draft Luka Doncic first. Then you get a you trade for Trey. You trade Luka Doncic for Trey Young, and then we're sitting here right now. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> and you know what I mean? And a lot of people think that Luka Doncic is probably the going to be the face of the NBA right now. You know, they can't wait to a couple of years from now when LeBron leaves and all that stuff. But they're trying to do that right now. But you just kind of see like all the pressure that Trey has to deal with. You know, on night in on a nightly a nightly basis, because a lot of people trying to, t- try to tell you know Trey, hey, he, he's not going to be that guy, but he's proven to be that dude. And for him to be able to come in and have a guy like Dre come in, I think it's going to be something interesting to watch once the season gets rolling tomorrow against the Houston Rockets. Yeah, no, it's it's funny you say the number sixty five. I was talking about it earlier today, and then we we'd use the number seventy, so we're right around the okay. same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know what? And some of those could be rest days, whatever. Just yeah. give me give me 65, 70, and then healthy in the playoffs. That's what I right. need from DeAndre Hunter. Yes. Um, and we'll, we'll call it a win because we haven't gotten there at any point of, of his career so far. Um, and I'm with you. Like, I, I've even I've uh, stopped trying to be objective about this basketball team. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm so in the bag for them. Like, yeah, man. I, I don't Same know, here. Man. <laughs> they might disappoint. Who knows? So what? If they do, then you get disappointed. But like, I already loved most of the guys anyway. Then they went out and got Dejounte Murray, who mm-hmm. from UW. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's from, from Runaway, so he's from, from the, the crib. So yeah. So, yeah. And the head coach is Nate McMillan, who's Mr. Sonic. Like, right. he's like Mr. Seattle. Yeah. I'm just, you know, like I cannot talk objectively about th- I'm I just am gonna have a bias towards this basketball team. <laughs> I also think that they're I think that they have a chance to be really good as well. Um and I just think that the thing that is is possible, and you and I have talked about this a lot back in the day. Mm-hmm. We talk about how a, a great entertaining NBA basketball team in this city can dominate that time of year. Dominate Easy. the calendar from January until June. If you have a compelling product, you put something out there like what, I mean, like, like kind of what they did a couple of years ago in the Eastern Conference team, but like more consistent than that. Like you, you put a team together that can be a perennial Eastern Conference threat for five to seven years, 10 years, something like that. They're going to own this town <laughs> from Easily. 
from New Year's Day when football season, whatever, whenever football season ends until until the middle of the summer, people are going to act like you see it with the ratings for the NBA finals in Atlanta every single year. Yes. People love the NBA in Atlanta. We just need a team, you know, that sort of represents the city a little bit. And I think this group has a chance to really do that. So, man, I'm, I'm with you. I'm fired up. I think they got a chance to be really good. They're fun is all sometimes a dismissive way to describe teams. Like I think mm-hmm. they can be good and fun at the same time. And uh, and if they are, they're, they're going to, they're going to take this, they're going to take over this city that time of year. And I, I think that they will. No doubt about it. And I, I just want one last thing I kind of want to touch on, you know, I got to bring up JC, right? You know, you know John Collins, you know, I, just, oh, I, gotta yeah, bring him, I, I have to bring up that dude. Right. So, so here, here's the thing with, with, with John, I think that's going to be, it's going to be very interesting to watch is how, Nate McMillan implements him into the offense because got like a peek into it, watching some of the preseason games and and seeing how he's working the pick and roll with Dejounte and Trey. So I think that when having that extra ball handler in, in, in this equation for 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 JC, I think that's gonna do nothing but help kind of justify the money that he's going to be getting going forward. And I know. You know, I know you like to stay out of folks' pockets. I like to stay out of folks' pockets mostly when it comes to the contracts and, and play. You know, I try to keep those things separate. But I think that J.C. probably may be bound to have a, a really good season this year as well. No, I think so too. And, and I think DeAndre Hunter has a lot to do with that as well because mm-hmm. the thing that people have to get over with John Collins is the, okay, if you're going to get paid that much money, you need to create your own shot. He's not going to create his own shot. Like, he's no. just not. Like, nope. did, like John Collins is going to be reliant on the offense that's run around him, offensive rebounding to a certain extent, but the pick and roll and what the offense does for him. Um, well, now you got Trey and DeJounte, who are both guys that can do a lot for their teammates. DeAndre Hunter is going to be the guy who we now shift our focus to and say, all right, you got to create your own shot too. Like they're going to get you the ball on the perimeter. You know, what, what's it look like when you put the ball on the ground? Can you create space? Can you get to the rim? What's your, I mean, you don't need that much. What's like, you got like a dribble step back. Like how, how, how are you creating your own offense? If the, if the play breaks down or whatever in the half court, John Collins doesn't, it's not going to do that kind of stuff. And I like what you're talking about too. Like with, with DeJounte as well, he, he can, he can initiate the pick and roll. So now you've got John Collins and all the athleticism that he brings to the table with another guy that can, can create, can play make for his teammates. I re- I'm with you. I think John Collins is a huge beneficiary of of the DeJounte addition. And then also if DeAndre Hunter could be on the floor too. It would just be really fun. you got a bunch of versatile basketball players. And that's yes. something that Travis Link has tried to put on this team all along. I mean, when, when Bogey comes back, he'll be a part of it. Like they've just had guys Another guy. <laughs> with the ball in their hands. And uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I agree with you. Like I, I, last year was a bad year for John Collins. You know, he got all that money and then he was hurt and just, you know, didn't, didn't play good. So I think, I think this year is really important for him. Yes, indeed. And I think that, I think he's going to step up to the plate because when you think about like what's been at stake and constantly being in all the trade rumors and, yeah, you know, we don't even know if he's still. They'll still have died down. You know, we may see. We may or may not see that. I, I don't think so at this point because I, I think that you know it's going to be vital for Nate McMillan though to kind of make sure that Trey is doing what he's supposed to do and getting everybody involved in his offense because Trey is a guy that can get his whenever he get his. Yeah. John is going to be a guy that you're going to have to get him involved early so he can kind of get 
you know, get things moving and shaking with that offense early on. So, hey, it can kind of get into a nice flow. But speaking of nice flow, I know that, you know, I'm the type of guy, Bunk, I've been working out. I've been trying to get my, my, myself together. I've been losing some weight. Man, but the, the thing about it is that it's helped me do that. I've gone to Built Bar and I've been getting those those uh cookie dough chunk puffs, man. When you think about you need some a good pick me up, something that's gonna help you out to get that get you through that workout. Cookie dough chunk puff is you know whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite. Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. Dish the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built Bar because it is something is hundred percent real chocolate. And you got all the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's for healthy. It's healthy for you. You know why it's healthy for you? Because it's only 160 calories. And we're talking about 15 grams of protein because I need, they always say that, you know, that you want to eat is the amount of grams of protein and that you want to get to to your whatever weight you're trying to get to, right? So, you know, just say, for instance, I'm trying to get 300 pounds. So that means I need to eat 300 grams of protein. So guess what? I need to eat a lot of built bars in order to get to that point. So <laughs> just trying to try to lose this weight bunk. But but you know what? Now that I told you how why you need to go to Built Bar, I'm about to give you some incentive to go there. So go to builtbar.com. I'm sorry, go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN15. You're gonna get 15% off your order. Yes, you heard that correctly. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKDOWN15. You're gonna get 15% off. Right now, go there right now. Go ahead and pull up on the best doggone workout bar energy booster in the country. Final segment of ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. No, that is not Tanitra Batista you're looking at. That is a white man. Tanitra is a black man. That is a black man. A black woman that's normally on this show, but that is Andy Bunker. <laughs> yes, uh, that's a lot of money that Tanitra just uh, spent right there, uh, changing herself, <laughs> changing herself into a white man. That is, that is not good. Uh, yeah, that that would be a good decision. But yeah, that is Andy Bunker. He is the host of ninety two nine The Game, uh, Andy and Randy Midday Show, filling in for Tanitra. She will be back tomorrow. Uh, but Bunk, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture. Sometimes whatever the hell you want to talk about. Yeah, Today is no. You brought me on for this. <laughs> Yes, of course, of course. Like you're the definition of for the culture. Not only, not only am I ATL day one, right? I'm also for the culture. So finally, get down to business here. Man, on this man, we are knocking it out of the park with this with substitute today. You're the, the epitome of a substitute teacher, but day, my friend. <laughs> but uh, today is no different because I think when I came across this story, man, when you think about inside the nba and, and what those guys bring to the table as far as just a studio show i i don't know about you bump but for me chuck kenny ernie and shaquille o'neal like that is probably one of the best studio shows that i've ever that this part just part of this generation as far as what we've seen and for charles Barkley to sign the contract to be around for a very long time that made me happy when i came across this story man yeah i don't even know what studio show you'd say a second you know <laughs> right exactly like it's so far ahead of everybody else yeah. you know what i mean i guess there's some there's been some okay groups of nfl some pregame shows more yeah, yeah, like you know, yeah. really kind of started doing their pregame show different 
in the late yeah. 90s with all those guys, but it's just so long ago. They haven't really changed it since then. It kind of got stale. Right. So, yeah, for, for sure. Like, they're they're definitely pioneers as far as that goes. Um, and when you are that, and because it's not only like the, the studio show is great, but, like, the, those guys, and especially Charles, Shaq too, but I think especially Charles, I mean, he's the, the kind of the media voice of the NBA. Right. You know, right. like when he says something, you know, when he really says something, not just the funny, silly stuff they do, and they do that better than everybody else too. But when he mm-hmm. really says something, it just carries a lot of weight to him. I guess the, the second best would probably be college game time. Um, college football yeah. game time on yeah. Yeah. That, That's yeah. probably the only thing that maybe comes close as far as relevance and, and longevity and all that kind of stuff. Um, but so when you're that important <laughs> and you have that much staying power, you get a hundred million dollar contract. Right. <laughs> that, that, exactly. That's been the wildest. Get $10 million a year. Yeah. yeah. Talking about NBA. Yes. Or more. Like it, <laughs> right. it could be close to 200 million. Like that's been the wildest thing the last couple of years being in this business sort of whatever, like yeah. we're in sports media too, but obviously we're not like in oh, that, that, that realm. Yeah. yeah. But to see broadcasters getting contracts that are like, quarterback contracts like joe buck going to espn for a hundred million dollars and tony romo signing with cbs a contract like it's crazy to be hearing about broadcasters getting money like that and it makes sense that charles barkley would do that i i got a lot of respect for how he went about it too because he he wasn't leaving charles barkley is not going anywhere he wasn't gonna go to a live golf thing and cover golf yeah, but at least on, he man. played like he was. You know what I mean? So right, there was yeah. no uh, leverage. Because the leverage that he had was always, okay, I'll just retire. It was never, I'm going to go someplace else. Like, he's not going to ESPN. He's, you know, there's only so many places you could go and actually cover the NBA and be on TV. And none of them were going to be anything like what he had. So to kind of play it a little bit and be like, yeah, man, well, maybe I'll go cover golf, man. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it would be, and, and and that Brinks truck of a place that you know they've been backing up the Brinks truck for everybody. So we exactly. already know if you would have really considered that, it would have been all about the bread, man. But I think right. that when you have like the precedent that they've set for NBA um, studio shows, it's just it's unmatched. Like it's so high that nobody tries to reach it, and I think that. And, and TNT, you know, Warner Brothers or Turner, whatever it is called nowadays, they they understand what it is, too, because their contract is getting ready to come up with as far as broadcasting NBA games. And when you have a show like Inside the NBA locked in, you know, no pun intended, pun intended, um, you, you understand that, hey, that may be a negotiating tool for you guys to for for the NBA to say, hey, you know what? You guys have the show that everybody likes to watch as far as. Covering those, doing those on um, pre-games and post-games. Hey, we're gonna um, re-up for the next twenty years for how many billion dollars they want to do for for to have the broadcasting rights. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I I'll watch a regular season NBA game, a non-Hawks regular season NBA game, more if it's on TNT and I know I'm gonna get to see those guys pre-game, yes. and post-game. Yes, sir. And if it's on ESPN or whatever, like ESPN has also ran through ten different combinations of studio yes. shows oh trying to create something, something. Anywhere near. just think of all like i mean they've thrown blank at the wall 
like they had Magic Johnson, Magic Johnson yes. on there together. Sage oh, Steele. Wow, yes, Jalen Rose. Michelle Steele. Was Michelle Steele on there too? Jaylen Michelle Beetle, yeah. There we go, yeah. Now they, they had Rachel Nichols. She got out of there. Yeah, now they got uh, what, Malika Andrews. Is Malika Andrews now. Had a Malika Andrews for some reason. Like, yes, it's so like drama in the NBA, man. ESPN like, can't keep a group together nope. meanwhile tnt's got these four guys that have been working together for 20 years and i think the other thing about it because chuck got his new deal but i guess all of those guys signed new deals at the same time right um and obviously charles barkley is the most important part of that group indeed I think they would all agree on that everybody understands that he's the mo- but they're all really important like in order mm-hmm. for that show to work the way that it does shaquille o'neal has to be there too but Shaq has to be there because Shaq's the only one that can say the kind of stuff to – or sorry, Chuck is the only one that can say the kind of stuff to Shaq that he says. Nobody else can right. come at Shaq. No, not at all. Yeah. But then Penny yeah. Smith, the way he fits in and his relationship with Charles Barkley, like he's got to be there too to sort of mm-hmm. be the – kind of the, the, the even even it out between Shaq and, and, and Chuck. To balance those two guys, yeah. But then, I mean, Ernie Johnson too, like – like he probably has the most important spot right (laughs) yeah like the the amount of respect that they have for him and the the broadcast talent that he has like the four of them are just the most perfect combination and it's very cool that they all re-upped to keep doing it together because you know ernie's not young ernie johnson's not young shaq Mm -hmm. can do anything he wants he's got a billion dollars yeah a million revenue streams chuck can do whatever he wants like Kenny Smith is taking interviews for general manager jobs. So like, yeah. you know, all these guys, you know, have other directions that they can go in. I'm, I'm really glad that they kept it together. Cause it, I just, just from a fan standpoint, I love tuning in and watching the, who knows where they might go, you know, right. who, yeah. who knows the, the basketball analysis is great. They're they're They are all talented in that way. But when, when Shaq and Chuck and Kenny start, Poking at each other, man. Whatever, like that's the good stuff. That's the stuff that you can't, you know, you can't fabricate that. And they they've got something special, and it's cool that they get to keep doing it. It is so hard to mimic when you talk about the chemistry. Like it's you can't yeah. imitate chemistry, dude. Like, and, yeah, you can't can't fake that at all. Now, speaking of longevity, um, how about this, man? Like. Ten year celebration of ninety two nine. The game has been around. I remember back in the day. Yeah, I was there too. From October of twenty twelve, when I was hired there, I started there December first, man. And you came. What was it? Twenty? What was it? Twenty fourteen? You sixteen? I, I, I got, I got, I got here in twenty sixteen. So I've been more than half of the ten years I've worked at ninety two nine. Like yeah, six. but like everything interesting happened pre twenty sixteen. Like, you know, the game is celebrating a 10 year anniversary. Yeah, man. But yeah. everything interesting, I mean, the on air product, I think, has probably gotten better. Oh, but no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Everything, Definitely. like, from the drama standpoint, all the fun nonsense, that all happened in the first three years. So, like, it's so funny because, like, when I started at 929, mm-hmm. you know, and started working with you and all that kind of stuff, the stories that you guys told about, because at that point it was four years old, right? Right, yeah, so four years old. You guys told about the first couple of years. Those are the same stories people tell now. 
Like, <laughs> yes, no they're still good, living on. No good off-the-air stories have happened since like 2013. Like all the drama <laughs> happened in the first 18 months. And now it's just like a bunch of boring professionals that work at a radio station. Like, so you've just been kind of uh, basically spinning the wheels since ever since the, the, the good old, the good, yeah, good like, old days. Like, I, think it's, <laughs> I think it's better probably for business now. Like, Yes, of course. <laughs> definitely. Most definitely, yes. Having like reliable you know, um, <laughs> mentally healthy radio. <laughs> so many jokes I want to throw in right now. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> having a boss now that, you know, maybe is a little bit more. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bad mouth the old guy cause he hired me and yes, I wouldn't have no this doubt. job if it wasn't for him and all that. But the stories I hear about some of the shenanigans, <laughs> I mean, we're just a boring radio station now. Back then, it was it was crazy. Yeah, it was it was crazy, man. A lot of like, I have so many stories to tell. Maybe I'll tell them on a podcast one of these days. Are you uh, are you going to come on Saturday? Yes, I will be there. I'm just trying to figure out what time I need to be there because you know me, man. I'm not the first to get there guy, but I don't want to be the the last to get there guy. So I'm trying to figure out like what's a good time in between time to get there so I can make sure that I'm I'm not there there too long. By one o'clock? Because we got to do an hour. Me and Randy got to be on the air from two to three. Okay. Okay. And then it goes until six. So six hours at a brewery is a long. That's you gotta, a very long time. You got to be a vet in order to manage <laughs> to be able to hold it. Not everybody can do six hours at a brewery and keep it together. I think my my my, my cushion time maybe between maybe about two thirty and three thirty. I think that's gonna be my time right there. Well, I think I wanna... if, you come, if you come between two and three, we'll probably just have you on the air. Oh, that'd be amazing. You know, I'll tell those stories on those. So if you airways. come, that works for me. So <laughs> yes, yes, because you know I'll wreck a show in a in a heartbeat. Like I'm just gonna get on there and talk about. I don't care what the rundown says. We're just gonna talk about what I want to talk about. That good, day. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so it'd be good to go out and celebrate uh, with 92.9 The Game. That's my former station for y'all who don't know. Uh, 10 year anniversary, man. That is cool. You talking about in today's climate of sports talk radio to be around for 10 years is definitely going to be a celebration. Can't wait to show up and see you, my friend, and uh, check you out. And also, want to thank you for uh, you know sitting in for Tanisha Batiste today. Uh, she will be back tomorrow, guys. Um, so make sure you come come check us out and. Also remember that we are on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. So, hey, if you want to see my ugly mug on your big screen television, go ahead and do that. We also want to thank you for making ATL Day 1 your first listener today. And also remember that you have Hidden Hard with John Chuck. We make sure that you make them your second listener of the day. And we'll be back tomorrow. Bump, you got anything before we get out of here, man? Uh, I mean, TTFN, right? That's uh, <laughs> how we used yes. to wrap it up every night. Yes, TTFN. Yeah. And make sure- yes, sir. So that means, you know, y'all come back now, you hear?